What's up, y'all? Welcome to Foul Leader Sports Podcast. I am your host with the most. So ever told this Leader Johnson. Love all- um listen, to all my guys out there uh that follow and, and, and really are fans, I mean I didn't even know like it was crazy to see the reaction when I left and came back. You know, my father passed, my mother passed, and I just needed some time. And I'm glad for everybody being patient, but man, the the like I I I put a tweet out on Twitter. Wow, just a great reaction when I came back. Now I want to talk about some things. One is the Sixers, and one is the NBA draft. Who we gonna get into it? We gonna get into it. Now I've been kind of like looking at things. I mean, I'm not like all the other, you know. Like it's just um, I'm the type of writer. I mean, I do a lot of different things. You know, I don't just like I don't typically work for. I get paid by two four seven. I don't work for them. You know, I get paid by two four seven. You know, I. Did a lot. I mean, I got paid for a lot of different ones, so I'm just good at what I do. And then Philly Sports Network is is, is one of the best out there, a group of great writers, and we, we go hard. And I'm one of the guys who gets the permission to write not just about Philly sports. I'm, I'm, I'm all in the college sports, so I'm just trying to get things a little situated and stay on, on the path. And I, I got things for y'all. I always do. I got like, I mean, even when I went on my break, you know, like I said, my pop and, um, you know, it just I t- took me on a break. I just had to really take a break because I was trying to really like force myself because I I, I love my fans. I mean, for real, real talk. I think that that was the one thing that got me not wanting to take a break because I know everybody depends on it. But I, I was so tired and, and out there. You know, I I really was. So um, I'm, I'm inviting all my fans from Georgetown, especially the Nova Nation. Uh, anybody in Philly, if you love the Sixers, it's time to listen. If you love NBA draft, it's time to listen. Because now I'm about to unload with NBA draft stuff because it's a lot to go on. Now, first is the Sixers. You got Doc Rivers. And I think people need to listen, kind of get their heads in tune. What do we have? You got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and, and Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson all coming back. You can't look at this team and say, oh, we have a bad team and don't fit. No, Brett Brown. Listen, listen, man. Y'all are not going to sit and tell me that this team all of a sudden just can't play together. Look at who you have. Look at Josh Richardson before he went to Miami. How's a guy like that? Now, everybody was excited, and I know people was kind of skeptical about Al Horford, but Al Horford don't have to run with everybody. If you get the right coach, let me tell you something like this. I don't necessarily think Al Horford's going to get traded with Doc Rivers being there. He'll wait first. His smart thing will be to wait during the season, let him play, and let teams see, you know, because now the thing is, oh, can he play with anybody? Like, I mean, Worth his money, worth the tag he has, and he is a all star player. You have to let him play his game. That's why he was so great at Boston. Look at the numbers that he has at Philly, and look at at Boston. Differences with Boston let him play his game. There wasn't a, a, a like, oh, he can't play. Uh, he's too slow. I mean, he, he was running with young guys there, and they Boston still wanted him back. I mean, all them guys ran from Marcus Smart to Rozier to Tatum to Brown. They all ran the floor to Kyrie Irving, but he still, you keep him at his mark. You can have four guys running the floor and one guy falling back. It Like, I don't see, or one guy that's not as fast and, you know, he trails back or a certain position when he goes down the court. You got Ben Simmons, you got Josh Richardson, you got Tobias Head, Joe Libby, all of them can run the floor. Why do they need to wait for Al, Har- Al Horford? It doesn't even make no sense. 
doesn't make sense. So the thing is, let him play his game. The post, he can shoot threes. He can do that. But you got to post him up right. You got to set the when Doc Rivers is a great X and O's coach. And you, a lot of people say, oh, well, Doc Rivers, Clippers. Let me tell y'all something. Why do people look at, I think people watch analysts and then come on and then make their comments. Because they don't know if they're right until somebody else says it. I don't really get that. I'm kind of like lost on that one. Like, where, where are we going? Where are we going with that? Listen, he went to the Clippers, and you remember when they had a bunch of guys that basically were bench players and unknowns, and they, they were making a run. How is that not a good coach? Then you're talking about all oh, Kawhi and Paul came. Listen, let's keep it 1,000. These are new guys coming to play with other guys. Like, this is a, for one, y'all need to stop thinking that just because you see a super team for the first year. How many super teams win besides LeBron and then the Warriors? You know, the Warriors had a big three. And they still need a Kevin Durant. Only LeBron is the, is, let's get this straight. Only LeBron is the superhero elixir where you put him with any two guys and it's a championship. It hasn't been that with OKC. You know, it wasn't that with Chicago and Wade and, and Butler and all them guys. It was, it was three guys together. It wasn't like that with Melo and Harden. Don't say, oh, well, them guys, what are you talking about? This is a super team. You see what Melo did with Portland? Don't be talking about, listen, they crazy. People are crazy. You know, Kobe and Howard, you think they would have, well, this is still a super team. It's Kobe. Like, you would think that teams, you know, you look at the, when San Antonio got DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Rudy Gay, you think, oh, that's not a super team. Those are three all-star caliber guys. Even though Gay is going down in his time, he's still a guy that, look at his what he provided for San Antonio. Look what DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge scored for San Antonio. You don't think they would at least made it to the conference championship? Super teams don't, listen, say what you want. But if you would have put LeBron James with Rudy Gay and DeMar DeRozan, guess where they would have went? See, you got to understand, man. You have to understand. Say what you want, but Le- LeBron James is another type of guy. Stop comparing teams to, oh, he's a super. There hasn't been no other team to do it. Warriors built through the draft, and then they added Durant. It hasn't been no, those are two teams right there. Two teams that built. First, they built through the draft, then they added Durant. That's what made them a super team. They had a big three, and then they made themselves a super team. So people got to stop saying that it didn't, it didn't work out. The personalities, you hear stuff about Kawhi Leonard. Who knows what that locker room was like? Obviously, because Doc Rivers voluntarily got out. Because, uh, listen, that's Doc Rivers. There's no way, I, if the front office let Doc Rivers go, they're stupid. You're talking about your first year with two stars, and you're thinking, oh, they could have got over it. It didn't work. Chemistry has to happen. People have to understand chemistry has to take place. Kawhi Leonard. Oh, don't don't come here and talk about Kawhi Leonard. Listen, Kawhi Leonard got with a team in Toronto that had been losing with each other for years. DeMar DeRozan left. They added some pieces. And then Kawhi. That squad had been eating together for years. You put Kawhi, you put two alpha dogs. They had one alpha who they just can get a ball to that, that... Paired with 
Kyle Lowry, a point guard. Then you had a rising guy, Pascal Siakam. You put a, 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 a you know a layback, a Mark Gasol. These guys had been listen. They end up getting Mark Gasol. They been had Ibaka. Gasol and Leonard were the guys. And the crazy thing was, they been had Leonard. Their team had been together. It's a difference when you have a, a team. It's like Durant. Durant came to the Warriors. They had already been together for years. There was, nothing had to be get used to nothing. That, you just put him in there and boom, you're putting Durant in a team that's won the championship. Like that was easy for them to win. I think that was just so easy. Now you got the Sixers. Let's, let's rock with the Sixers. Tobias Harris. Now you got Doc Rivers back with Tobias. Tobias and Doc Rivers were like Batman and Robin. Like he's the one who made Tobias Harris who he is today. Put that in his game. Sort of like when Popovich did for Kawhi Leonard. That's the same thing Doc Rivers did for Tobias. Now it's going to be the biggest thing for Tobias's career. Now you're going to see Tobias become this unbelievable scorer. Ben Simmons. Now Doc Rivers works with another point guard like he did with Rondo. Except he's a 6'10 Rondo. Elite defender. Super elite defender. Like, the, what Doc Rivers is going to do with Ben Simmons and Embiid is what people need to be excited about. He develops players. Look what he did with Harrell and all them young guys that came there. Sandra, Landry Salmon came there. He let him flow. He let him do it. Lou Williams came there. Bow! Lou Williams got even better. He develops talent. You bring two alpha dogs in there around guys who still was getting used to each other. The Clippers were still getting used to each other when they came in there. I mean, these were young guys that got traded. Tobias Harris got traded, and you bring other guys on. Harold got drafted. I mean, you, you got to see, like, that team, it, people, it's just not fair for people to try to put that on Doc Rivers' thing. Them guys just didn't get together good. Too many inside things. Now, if you talk about the Sixers, you also got Josh Richardson. That's another guy. Development. Josh Richardson is not no guy that's just an okay player. He's a pretty good player. It, people are not really looking at him good enough. They, they wanted him to be something that he was. They want him to be Jimmy Butler. But he can be to that point. He can reach that level. He has the talent. Don't say, oh, he can't. What? That's another thing. When people say stuff like that, NBA talent is like a mile away from each other. All a person has to do is work hard and develop. And you'll see different stuff. When Kyle the first got drafted and McCullum first got drafted, nobody thought none of these this stuff about these guys. What they did was work hard. And Josh Richardson's right there. He used to be the killer for Miami. He was When they was in the playoffs, he was doing the Jimmy Butler role. But now you got Jimmy Butler has some help. You see what I'm saying? He has some help, help. Guys have developed. Not saying Josh Richardson or who knows what he could have did because the guy has that talent. But you, he, he didn't have the experience Butler had in the All-Star games. And, and, and you know, we're not going to put him in there. It's unfair. Butler, we, we, we expected Butler to be this good to me. We just He just had to step up. Like, nobody ever thought. He's a superstar to me now. Nobody ever thought that he could be like this, even though we knew he had the talent to be like that. And now look at him. He's a different type of monster now coming into next season. Jimmy Butler's different. He brought the, 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 the swagger back to Miami now. Miami is a killer as a team. We're talking about, and people, it's crazy because NBA Eastern Conference, you got Toronto, you got Miami, you got Milwaukee, you got some dogs now. Stop talking about the Western Conference. And to be real, LeBron James created them dogs because everybody had to lose LeBron. Every organization had to, 
regroup because of LeBron. But Philadelphia has a four. They do. They have a five, really. I mean, Horford, I don't want to hit it. If you want to trade him, okay, whatever. If you can't coach him, trade him. That's the one guy I would say, okay, trade. Everybody, you got to keep these guys. You're not going to find a shooting guard like Josh Richardson that can play both ways. You can train and develop him, and he can become something like a dog. Like, I can't wait till Doc Rivers gets his hands on Josh Richardson. I can't wait till Doc Rivers gets his hands on uh, Tobias Harris again. Then to develop Joel and B and do what everybody's been saying, make him an inside monster, then he has outside flow. You could... I mean, with a big man like that, you can draw up your playbook in so many ways. And then Ben Simmons. Oh, man. This is the guy you got to run your X's and O's. One thing Brett Brown did is prepare this man to be a point guard. So it's going to be something big. Now we're looking at shooting guards. Or or, or small four. Where are you going to put who at? You know, where are you going to? To me, if you look at it, I like Mati Steibel. That's another guy. Doc Rivers could develop. This guy can shoot from. He he showed he can shoot from the outside. He can drive on you, and he can play D. You put him at the small forward with Josh Richardson and Ben Simmons, and um, and Tobias Harris at the four, and then you can put Joel Embiid. Let Al Horford come off the bench. Why not? You know how great that would be to have another lineup with Al Horford, and I think that would be unbelievable. I think that's your lineups. That that's your lineups. Shake Milton. Should definitely be that man like Terry Rozier was off the bench for Boston. Furkan Korkmaz stopped playing games. He's proven he's a bench weapon. Not many people have a four-guard rotation. Philadelphia could have it if they wanted it. I mean, when, when, when Doc Rivers sits back and look at his team, he's like, wow, whoa, look at this. Then you're looking at, okay, let's look at the team now. Okay, you got Al Horford off the bench. Who else? You just got to get some other guys. That they play the three, they play the four. Glenn Robson the third comes back. Burke is on Burke is a free agent. Glenn Robson the third come back. Then you you can keep him. I think you have a good guy to back up the three. That, that that's I mean come on. Even if you get other guys, I mean Mike Scott is still there. So now that's your team right now. That's your then then you, that's your ten guys. That's ten guys who can play. We ain't talk. Mike Scott has playoff experience. He has experience. He's just not just a guy that's just there. Glenn Robinson the third, another guy, and then you got Al Horford like at center to back up MB. You got that is a ten. All you need is the right coach, and Doc Rivers is going to work wonders with this team. Whatever trades happen, you know I'm not saying all those guys will be there, especially the bench pieces. I think the four will. One thing we know is Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid ain't going no damn where. Those are the three glue guys. And when once Doc Rivers, he knows about Josh Richardson, why wouldn't you? For one, none of these guys are going to get traded right now because you want to get all these guys in the gym and see what you can do with them first before things happen. And then again, you know, if you want to trade them, you want to up their trading, you know, the teams to see them play so they can see what they can get so you can get as much as you can. So nobody's going to get traded during the draft like that unless they're going to get another all-star back. Like I said, one guy is Victor Alibadipo. I mean, that's that's a type of guy where you trade Richardson and Horford and trade up in the draft and snatch Alibadipo and put him on the team. Now, I would do that. Listen, I'm just saying, Alibadipo was something special. 
He's more ready than Richardson is as far as a score. Like, he can really make things happen. You put him next to Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, this team is totally better. You trade up in the draft, and like I say, I've said this a thousand times, you got Sadiq Bey over R.J. Hampton. Sadiq Bey could be the perfect guy to get. Because he can hit three-pointers. He can play D. He can come down the floor. This is an unbelievable pick for Philly if they can get Sadiq Bay. There's not too many small forwards. You know, you got the Patrick Williams effect, but Patrick Williams didn't come in and and play like Sadiq Bay did. You can talk all that Patrick Williams mess you want, but Sadiq Bay did it. All right, there's a lot of different, you know, they can look for another. Norvell Pell, to me, has to be signed again. Put him on the team. I don't care. You need a guy that can just be a garbage man. That's a perfect garbage man that can block shots like that and be athletic. You look at guys, what do you do with Zaire Smith? It's, it's becoming really like he just, you know, injuries. and It's just probably won't work out. We're going to see what happens. This is going to be very interesting. And that's one thing. I, I think he has the talent, but it's just too many guys have moved ahead of him. Like Furkan Korkmaz. They're not going to. Sit there and say, bye-bye, Furkan, and let's put Zaire Smith in. It's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. He could be in, out of here. All right, then you got the draft coming up. Some, it's going to be some movement. It's crazy enough to look at such a team like this. And when we get back, I'm going to talk more about Sixers and the draft, man. Listen, I'll be back. Second segment, I'm back, man. We're going to get really into this. Now, listen. Back a little bit. I was talking about the next segment. But... We are the next segment. Listen. I have to be totally honest. I feel like the draft has come to that point. This is a whole lot. I'm, I'm going to start looking at some things, and this is my part one. Because <clears throat> this time I'm going to tell you, it's a lot of big in, in the top three. He's just that type of... Uh, prospect right now, but it's, this draft is probably the most insufficient draft. Now you can't call nobody's opinions wrong, but it just don't equal up. R.J. Hampton, listen, before all this popped off, R.J. Hampton was a top ten pick in the twenty twenty one draft, and then he gets in the pro league, and it's crazy that <clears throat> people don't see the the lottery factor in R.J. like the top ten factor because. He had to play a certain way. LaMelo Ball got the keys to do whatever he wanted to Alara. But we talk about New Zealand. RJ didn't get there. A lot of people was like LaMelo. They needed some leadership in Alara. And LaMelo was their their guy. They wanted to milk LaMelo. That wasn't what New Zealand wanted to do. That's not what they wanted to do. They didn't want to build it around RJ Hampton. They had other guys and guys who had been to the pros or and, and the thing about RJ is he learned from better pros. He learned from some good pros on their team. Guys who have been productive. 
And this is a better winning team than the Laura. This team is, you know, so I just had to be totally honest. If you look at LaMelo, and he's been through more than one pro thing. I mean, he was in, uh, you know, the Russian thing. I mean, everybody was like, oh, there's in a big time league. Now, what do you say? About that league. Because, see, LaMelo had a good season then. He had a good season in, in, in a more tougher league. So, what are you saying now? He had always been the same LaMelo. Everywhere he goes, he does the same thing. He did inspire. You know what I mean? Listen, he did it before high school where his brothers. He's been doing the same thing. So, now all of a sudden, they're like, okay, all right, yeah, he, he, he's really for real. He's for real. He does this all the time. He's for real. But what about RJ? Every time LaMelo played RJ, RJ housed him. I just don't get that. And then you're looking at uh, guys like Bay. I don't know. He should be a top 10 guy. Cole Anthony moving down, and it's crazy. Vernon Carey. I just don't know what they're looking at. I like Anik, you know, on Congo. I think he's a real good guy, a real good player, real good inside post guy, manimal in there. But how are you not saying Vernon Carey is not just as better than him. I don't get that. I don't like the weaknesses they're trying to say about him, you can say that about anybody with his his skill set. I mean, but the three point skill set, the ability to be a stretch four and five, he can still play defense. He did this plan at Duke. Okay? He did this plan for Duke. Like he played against major competition. Vernon Carey should be a lottery pick. But he's not, and somebody's going to get a good player. Isaiah Stewart. My thing is this. Congo's a little bit more, he's more athletic. If you look at him, he's more long and athletic. I understand what people, I understand what people get from Congo, but Isaiah Stewart's going to be the same type of post player. He's a, he's a, he's a post presence. The only thing, Congo has better uh, defense, and that's what makes him over um, Isaiah Stewart right now. And that's why I agree with people over Isaiah Stewart. But Vernon carries too much of a defensive and rebounding force and a guy that can play defense. I think what he brings in the offense and defense is way over Okongu. But you look at Okongu, Carey, Okongu, and Stewart. I think Stewart is a guy that people, somebody's going to get a good player. He should move up higher. I don't know if people want post players like that, but he could move up higher. And right now, what's also going to stop people from getting the, the right draft pick is that Isaiah Stewart, I mean, you know, camps, camps and looking at players and more, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be, it's going to be cut off guard like NFL was with no camp. Now you don't get to really evaluate your player like you really want to. And it's some real good players in this draft. I just don't think this draft is, is it's not as weak as people think, but it's a weak draft. It is what it is. Compare, you got to compare it to other drafts. And that's what it is what it is. But Cole Anthony, I can't wait to see who's, who's stupid enough to slip on him. I can't wait till this draft is over. I, he's the most NBA-ready player in this draft, period. Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards is probably the most all-around talented, if you're looking at all-around talented. Um, I say the most explosive talent in this draft. Let me say it like that. Not all-around, the most explosive. If you want me to say all-around talent, there's a couple of guys. It's real hard for me to. RJ could be, but no, he's not the most all around. All right. The most all around talent in this draft. If you're ready for it, I'll give it to you. It's Sadiq. Sadiq Bay can shoot from the three. He's 6'8. He can pass the ball. He can play defense. 
We just look at all these all-around talents. I mean, look at the guys who can pass, and, and we're talking about who can do it all. You want to go to LaMelo? LaMelo's not a shooter like that. He just didn't prove it. Okay, he didn't prove it. To me, Bay was on more tougher competition, <laughs> for real. You're playing the Big East, playing against these guys, your second year and you're a sophomore. It was Bay. And Bay could, can pass the ball and all that, but it, Ty Tyrese Halliburton is a very good all-around talent. He's a, he's a pretty good all-around talent. He's, he's played in, you know, other competitions. So this is what's making him, you know, I mean, he's real interesting to see what type of player he turns into. Um, looking at guys like that, you're going to see something. Killian Hayes is just a very impressive guy. Now, we're talking about point guards, man. He might be the most impressive point guard in this draft. Like, we're talking about point guard, like, well... But you know Cole Anthony. You know how I don't think he's the most NBA ready, but I think down the line, Killian Hayes could be the best point guard out this draft. I mean, the more I, you know, you see this guy play, and but as far as coming in, Cole Anthony's still gonna be an All Star. He's still gonna be the best NBA. He can come in. I think out of everybody who's gonna impact right away is two guys. The most I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna have my list come out real soon for NBA draft from Cole Anthony's number one. Okay. Number two is James Wiseman. I think he's the number two ready, most NBA-ready player in this draft. I just think he is. Um, after that, everything is a toss-up. Like, who do you say? I think those two guys are NBA-ready. It's just they, they've really been prepping hard their whole career. Then it's a toss-up. But if you look at it and you look at who's played, you have to say R.J. Hampton. You can tell. Oh, he says R.J. Yes. R.J. Hampton has been 50 points scoring in high school for a minute. He played in 2021, which is there's more talented in 2020 class, what we all agree with. I mean, he played in, excuse me, not 2021. He played in the 2020 class, which is more talented than 2019 class. Everybody agreed that. He went down to that class. If R.J. would have came out and played for Kansas, do you know what he would have did in college? He would have been lights out, electric. He would have been one of the top three picks, hands down, in this draft. Hands down. Guys like LaMelo went to Spire, then went there, and then, you know, got the Laura, you know, go. But you look at Anthony Edwards going to Georgia. Just think if Anthony Edwards got the same role as RJ and had to sit, fall back. What do you think they would have really said about Anthony Edwards? He would have went down. He wouldn't have got to get his shots like that because Anthony Edwards had games in Georgia where he was shooting terrible and had 30 points. Look at his shooting percentage. Look at it now. Look at his three-point percentage. So you're trying to tell, I'm, I'm letting you guys know after here to go do your homework because I'm coming back with more when I come back with my, listen, RJ Hampton is just as good as any guy in there. He's not going to get picked where he should get picked. It's pretty much how it is. And I remember talking to Jalen Green's dad. And Jalen Green's dad was like, I don't want to go. He was like, "I'm Marcus Green, I don't want to go to, uh, I'm not going to um, G League because it could mess his draft stock up. And I said to myself, do you really know how good Jalen Green is? And <laughs> Do you know where, what type of talent people think he is? Do you know what type of talent he is? Jalen Green goes, if J the thing is, 
Jalen Green's a, a highlight film. They're not when he came, if he would have came overseas, they would treated him like Michael Jordan. He would have got every chance to touch the ball. Lamelo and, and RJ are not on that same league. They're not. They're not. And it is what it is. It's just, it just is what it is. As far as highlight status, superstar, he from his dunks to his play. Yeah, people say, oh, it's dunks. Well, you can't stop him. When the man comes through and does things like that, it is unbelievably. That's how Jordan became the. If Jordan wasn't dunking on people like he was, he wouldn't be a superstar like that. No, not even. If Kobe wasn't doing it, it wouldn't. No, it's all about. But the rest of the game is around it. Jalen Green developed an outside shot. He can drive in on you, finger roll on you. He started passing on you. You look at his numbers from his high school. They're going to give this man everything. Just because of the highlight. Now, yes, because of his dunking. Yes, he's going to get all the highlight. If LaMelo Ball and R.J. Hampton did what Jalen Green did, drive him to the hole, they would have been putting the red carpet out even more because R.J. Hampton got a red carpet. Oh, yes, he did. For a guy who they didn't give the ball to like they should have, he got the red carpet. They, he was a big attraction. Big attraction. Shoe deals, all that. He was the first one to go over there. So he was the first one to make this hype. The G League, uh, RJ Hampton was really the trendsetter because it made people make decisions. Uh-oh, they snatching the top prospects. So he's a trendsetter. He's not getting the respect, and it's going to happen. When he finally steps on the court and he becomes a player, you're going to see something different, from, especially in this league where you can shoot jump shots. RJ Hampton, people are going to be kicking themselves in the butt for passing on RJ. So, yes, number three. Yes, number three. And then if you want to talk about who you want to say next, is NBA ready? If I have to be unbelievably honest, there's a lot of guys. Now, this is the three guys. I'm just going to go four and five, okay? If I had to be honest, I'm going to have to go with LaMelo Ball. Once again, oh, why are RJ and LaMelo trilling each other? Well, these guys are ready. For one, they played in the pros. How are they not pro-ready more than some guys? LaMelo has been traveling for a long time. This is it. This guy is ready for the, they are ready for the limelight. This is not, you know, this is must-see TV because these guys are going to be ready for all the glitz and the glamour. It's not going to be like college, but they would have went to college. They would have tore people up. That's what it would have been. Now, the fifth guy, I'm going to have to say, who's ready is Anthony Edwards. I almost said Tyrese Halliburton. He, he would be my number six. I, I, I got to listen because of where he's played and what he's done. Like, it, 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 and it's crazy because I might have to put Halliburton number five because of what he's done. Edwards is a great player, man. He's great. He, he's going to be an all-star. But right now, impacting who has the intangibles. Well, let me tell you what NBA ready means. When you get on there, how mentally ready are you? to grasp the playbook, to play your game in the NBA. I think they all can do it. I think RJ, I think LaMelo, they can get in there. LaMelo can pass the ball. He's a real smart guy. He's tall. He's, his defense got better. He's a guy that can lead an NBA team. RJ Hampton, same thing. Except he'll be a scorer. You have to let him be a killer. I, I really am not – I really am not – Um. Too fond of um, 
the NBA-ready criteria that people think RJ could be the a point guard. He can play point, yeah. He can even average seven assists a game. But you're taking away just like Jordan had eight assists one year when he's in the playoffs. A young is a young player, but Kobe can get eight assists. But what does it do to those guys? It takes away from what they really are because he's a shot maker. RJ Hampton is a shot maker. Shot maker. He's a shot maker. Let him be a shot maker. Then he's going to get five assists here, six or seven rebounds here. He's going to do that. You know why? Because now you're letting him be him, and he's going to bring everything. It's like when Harden gets all those assists. When Harden gets all those assists. When Westbrook, to me, Westbrook is um, not a point guard. I think you should let him be a shooting guard, have a point guard, and he can explode, and he can do what he wants to do. I think it really took away from his game. But... I mean, because if you have Westbrook with a, I, that's why I think that the Houston Rockets are perfect because Westbrook could be the point. You let Harden be Harden. That's why I say Westbrook's not really a point guard because you think you would think all in actuality with Capella and Harden that should have worked out as a match made in heaven. You got you a big man and you got you a score, but no, it didn't work out like that. They end up turning the small ball. So that's why I tell you, like, Harden needs scores around him, and then you do it. I think that was a total mistake to take the big man away from Westbrook. That was a total mistake. Total mistake. I don't even see what they were thinking. Now that Tony's not even there no more. After he, don't you hate when a coach does something and then you take him away? Now you got to live with all his, you know what I mean? That, that Capella trade, that's one of the stupidest trades ever. You're the all-star center. And you have a, a, a Hall of Fame score with a Hall of Fame point guard. You're supposed to go for the gusto. How many years it takes? People are, are changing teams too quick. LeBron got people changing teams so fast because they're not LeBron, though. You're not going to be able to. People think they can all move the teams and do what LeBron does. This is what makes him so magnificent. Because Jordan wouldn't have been able to do that. What you going to do? Put him with Clyde Drexler. What you going to do? If you put Jordan, okay, with Isaiah Thomas. And, whew, right? Everybody, oh, my God. Isaiah Thomas and Alonzo Mourning. Do we think that team wins the championship without Phil Jackson? How many years does it take that team to go to the finals? I don't know. Because Barkley, Drexler, and Olajuwon didn't win the championship. Do we, but, but Drexler and Olajuwon did. Do we actually think that, and Jordan is great. Jordan is great. But who else stops them? Let's just say it's those guys all on the Bulls. Who stops them? But you got to have chemistry, man. Is Jordan going to get along with Thomas? Uh oh. <laughs> but Jordan plays for him, though. But they, they'll patch all that up for a championship. They should win a championship, right? That should be it. But if they don't, then you're going to blame it on the coach. But we don't know what's going on. But it's so hard to win championships. Houston won two, but couldn't win their third one with Barkley. Why? Because Jordan came back. I guess that was it. But they didn't even make it to the championship. How about that one? Forget just, they didn't even make it to the championship. Okay, Jordan's here. You can lose to Jordan. They didn't even make it to the championship with Utah. Utah and Seattle, those are the guys that were making like, you got to understand, it's hard to put that chemistry together.
It really is, man. And for LeBron not to do it just once, but he did it a bunch of times. Do you think Jordan, Jordan wouldn't have just made it to the championship every team he went to? He's a 6'6", 200 guard. That's another thing people don't understand. He's not an overpowering player. He needs guys like a 6'7", Pippen. And you need, they talk about, oh, Bill Winnington, he needed all those guys. For one, this is not, <laughs> they could win back then, Bill Winnington, Luke Longley. Now, they might not have did nothing in this age. There's too many athletic fives, too many athletic fours. There's no way in the world that that would have that that would have turned into something big. There's no way in the world that would have turned to something big. I just think that it's real hard. People don't understand that he made it so many times in a row. You're beating teams so many times. Okay, the Chicago Bulls, they did it six times. He made it to the finals ten times, man. I'm just saying. That is hard. Every super team he put together, do you think, okay, every super team, Jordan would have got uh, Mullen, and uh, Hardaway, you think they would have made the champion one? Yeah, no. That come on. Just putting them on the Bulls. Okay, where's Pippen at? Okay, who? Now you got the New York Knicks super deep, but you ain't got Pippen. You got Mullen and you got Hardaway. That's just not how. But with LeBron, that's different. That's different. Give him two All Stars, and he goes to the finals. That's just what he does. He said, oh, let's put Jordan with, uh, let's see, back then. It was a couple. It was Michael Adams was an all-star for Washington. You think he went with Michael Adams and Derrick Coleman, the prime Derrick Coleman. Do you think they win the championship? But put him with LeBron James. Everything changes. I'm just saying, man. It's just what it is. You know, Jordan and Kobe are not anything all-star players. They're shooting guards for one. Let's just put everything together. They are shooting guards. They are shooting guards. They, not, they can't overpower. A center and a power forward uh, or, 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 he, he's more of a power forward. Especially he's been a power forward in the 90s. I don't know. I mean, he's so overpowering. So They, they talk about Pippen is like No! Pippen's not like James. It's not even, he's not even on the same planet. Pippin, oh my God, man. Jesus. Guys like Nicholas Patoon remind you of Pippin. And people are like, oh, how could you do that? Because there are so many guys who are like Pippin now. Back then, there weren't, think about it. How many small forwards were even remotely like Pippin? Just could pass and shoot from the outside and... Am I, am I saying that Patum is Pippen? No, I'm saying he's the same type of talent. But there weren't talents like that back then. There weren't ta- I mean, if you put Patum in the 90s, he'd have been a, a multiple all-star. He'd been an all-star multiple times. He'd have been at least four-time all-star. Because there weren't guys like him. People are not trying to say that. They're trying, oh, there was a tougher era. No, it was only tough because the rules allowed him to fight. You, let, you, you allow these big people to... to it's going to be injuries and more people hurt because these are some big athletic guys. You ain't going to see too many guys. 
I mean, the way they beat up people, Joel Embiid would have been injured a long time ago, man. And then he probably would have hurt somebody because the people playing too rough, he uppercutted somebody. That's why they got in the fights. You see, fights ain't like they used to be. You know, fights was a lot. They fought a lot because people did some cheap shots back then. Now it's different. Ain't many fights. So, yeah, man. I mean, listen. Next segment, I will talk more about the draft. I just want to get to y'all real quick. Philadelphia, who do I think they'll go for? They could stay put, man. I mean, it's not. Look at this team. What are they going to do? Let's say trade up or trade down. What are they going to do? Because trade down is a possibility. You got a lot of money on board. You trade down and get some players and, and build your G League up or something. But then again, you can stay. I think they should go for it. Listen, the number one guy, I like Sadiq Bay. That's on the trade part. But if they stay put, they should go for it. It's too many. Vernon Carey and Isaiah Stewart are right there. Get you a big guy that can give Joel Embiid some rest. So when Al Horford goes, because he's not a young buck. So... Isaiah Stewart and Vernon Carey, to me, are the two better players. I'm, I'm looking squarely at them. Like, Isaiah, and they're going to be there. Isaiah Stewart and Vernon Carey are going to be there. You can't tell me nothing. Those are the two key players to go for. Embiid is getting hurt. Um, you need a, a powerful guy that can play the four and the five. And you get guys like Carey and Stewart that can rebound. I mean, that that those are two guys that – and you look at what, what Rivers did with Montrez Harrell, and Stewart would be the excellent guy right there. And you see with, with Carey, I mean, goodness, what he did with DeAndre Jordan – not DeAndre Jordan, but what he did with um, guys like, um, you know, you look at Kevin Garnett, what he did with him. You look at, like I say, Harrell. If you could really develop some guys like that. So I'm really looking forward to that part. I would be surprised if Opie Toppin is not looking like a guy that's like rising in people. Like, oh, he's rising to the top ten. So Opie Toppin could be a guy that could fall out the top ten. I could see that. I think he's still going to be a lottery. So I wouldn't be. That's another guy. Think about it. If you get a power forward like that with the type of play that he has as an offensive force, and you put him next to T Tobias Harris, and you still got Fiebel and all that. That's something. You bring him off the bench. Bring him right off the bench. Let him play right next to Tobias. Let him learn. Let you get a, a power forward that can learn. And you got Thibault and, and, and Obi Toppin, that, two guys you have that can learn. Just, just watch his movement. If he falls too far, Philly should make a jump. Philly should make a jump. All right, I'm out of here, y'all. This is uh, your man, Lita Johnson. Follow the sports podcast. I will be back for a second part to talk about more draft stuff, more Sixers stuff. This is big, exciting to have Doc Rivers here. I think Philly, you're looking at Milwaukee, you're looking at Miami, you look at Toronto. These are guys are all championship contenders. But Philly's right there. Look at the talent and look at the coach. There's no way. You're not saying, uh-oh, you better watch out for Philly. You have to watch out for Philly. People just have questions. That's why they're probably going to put them at fifth or sixth in the playoff hunt. They're going to put Miami over them. If, if Dollar Depot comes back, it'll be Miami, Toronto, I guarantee you, Milwaukee, and Philly will be fourth or fifth rated in, in the East. I guarantee you. They're not going to look at them as a top three. It's going to be Miami. They're going to be rated over them. So in Boston, they could be fifth because of Boston, you know. Oh, here comes Boston. And like, you know, oh, well, maybe Indiana. I mean, people forgetting how talented this team is and what Rivers can do. 
and I can't wait to see it. So I'm out, y'all. This is Lita Johnson. Follow Lita.